Hey everybody, here we are at another edition of Rob Observations. I am Rob Liefeld. Thank you for joining me. We do the comic books, the pop culture, the movies, the the TV, the cartoons, all of it. I, I, I love it. I love talking with you guys, sharing it with all of you. Um, this edition is going to be burning hot because, because this is the Justice League Zack Snyder Snyder Cut. I've seen it. That's all I want to talk about. That's all we're going to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of ground to cover as um, the four-hour masterpiece known as Zack Snyder's Justice League, which we we were promised uh, last year with the big HBO Max announcement and, and the big uh, DC Comics, you know, uh, uh, press day. And, and and we all finally got the confirmation of, of what those of us in the know, the diehards, we knew all along that, that that this stuff existed. Why would Zack Snyder, he of so many hit films, lie to us? He wouldn't. He didn't. He wasn't. And and we um, uh, uh, who who have always followed his career believed that following the weird, odd, um, very misguided decision by Warner Brothers back in I guess twenty during 2016. Uh, 2015 to alter the course of this Justice League film that Zack had constructed and shot and it was a culmination of everything that he had begun when he came on board Man of Steel that 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 whatever decisions they made to derail this to 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 crater this uh we knew that there was something that we were missing that we weren't getting the full picture and 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 whatever the movie that was released in 2017 uh, that 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 had another director uh, come on board and reshape and and literally reshoot. We we just knew that that wasn't reflective of what Zach had done. It wasn't consistent. He told us that he had another cut. We believed him. Uh, I, I've never quite understood anybody who didn't think that there was another cut of this film. I did not. I never understood how you could be like, oh yeah, Zack Snyder's making it up. My my favorite was a couple years ago where he uh, put the picture of all the different trunks, the giant cases of film, and, and, and showed like six, what looked like six giant suitcases of, of, of containers of film. And, and he said, here it is. Here's my, here's my whatever, four-hour edition. And even then, people scoffed as if like he was, you know, um, just, just kind of manufacturing this. And, and, and in fact, he was, he was letting us know this existed. This, this could be something we participated in. But, you know, as with, uh, you know, the, the, these giant icons, Warner Brothers owns the Justice League. Well, they, they may have hired Zack and given him millions upon millions upon millions of dollars to do not only Man of Steel, but Batman, Superman, and Justice League. They were the, the they, they had the ownership, the control, uh, the proprietary you know, interest in, in, in the, this, 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 you know, these characters, these stories. And until they moved, um, on our behalf and, and, and well, and because of the Snyder fans and the Snyder movement, they realized that moving on our behalf was moving on their behalf and they did and they have, and here we are and I've seen it. I loved it. I will not spoil it. There is no spoilers. I will talk around as much of my excitement as I possibly can. It is a thrill that there is a four-hour version of this. I, I completely and totally dug it. Uh, my last podcast, I came in praise of Zach's body of work, how I fell in love with his work on Dawn of the Dead. I thought 300 was seminal, a seminal piece of filmmaking that altered the way that an entire genre, genre was shot. Sword and Sandals never looked back. Everything was changed. All the techniques, all the storytelling, the camera angles, the editing, they all were trying to do Zach uh, from the moment 300 arrived on that opening weekend in 2007. Then he tackles one of the most acclaimed stories ever in the history of comics, The Watch Watchmen, which was, was, was often said to be unfilmable. It's unfilmable because of its structure and its narrative. And Zach tackled it and it was visceral and it was exciting and it was mysterious, and it was dramatic, and I loved it. And of course, uh, Sucker Punch is just this kick-ass little genre, um, uh, 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 you know, 
ex- expression of Zach that I dig. I love it. I love, um, I love how I've always called it. It's just a weird little kind of art movie sci-fi flex. I love it. And then that pivots us into my favorite Zack Snyder movie, which is Man of Steel. That is my absolutely favorite Zack Snyder movie. It is my favorite Superman movie. I love Cavill. I love Russell Crowe. I love Amy Adams. I, I love Diane Lane. I love Kevin Costner. I I, I mean, I, I just absolutely uh, just love that movie. And, and I've watched it umpteen times. And and so when all of this went down in the and, and, and Justice League fell apart. And look, I've, I've mentioned this. It's not my place. We all know that there was some difficulty. There was some, there was some tragedy that, that, that fell upon Zach's family. And, uh, and, and then obviously in whatever space he was in and whatever headspace Warner Brothers was in, in this extremely competitive landscape that I've tried to describe multiple times here. And I, de- I delved into it on the, uh, on, on the last podcast that covered my kind of filmography of, of, of Zack Snyder, you do not understand the pressure that the success of the Marvel films was applying to all the other studios as they were trying, they were running to catch up. After the last podcast over the weekend, somebody somebody challenged me and said, you know, Rob, Dark Knight Rises wasn't really, you know, it didn't get really, it didn't get beaten that, that poorly by, uh, you know, by, by the Avengers. Because I said it was it was the summer of 2012 when this all changed, when Avengers uh, surpassed the Nolan Batman film and was the dominant movie not of the, of the, only of the summer of the year, and 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 Dark Knight Rises, which was again this sequel to the you know uber successful Dark Knight with Heath Ledger's final performance as the Joker, and just the grand scope and scale that Nolan brings to these Batman films and building on the success of Batman Begins and then quadrupling it with Dark Knight and then adding to the cast with Anne Hathaway as Catwoman with, you know, the introduction of, of Bane. Uh, just, just, it, it just seemed like, like Dark Knight Rises was positioned to dominate that summer and the Avengers, as successful as everyone knew it was going to be, was twice as successful as anyone had, had anticipated. Somebody said, you know, Rob, it, 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 it only... If the tragedy at Aurora, when there was that terrible shooting uh, the night before Dark Knight Rises went, went went wide, the guy said, you know, it would have caught the Avengers. And I said, do you believe that that shooting is worth $500 million in the box office? Because I do not. I don't believe that. That's not true. And, and then he's like, wow, I didn't realize it was a $500 million difference between Dark Knight Rises and Avengers. And it was. And and uh, $500 million is, is more... Then Captain America: First Avenger made in its entirety, and it's it's in, in its theatrical run. I'm pretty certain that it's right around the number, the absolute number that uh, that that the first Thor movie made. That 500 million dollars is a lot of money. It is it is some serious serious scratch. And when you put that kind of distance between you and the other movie, you, th- th- there, there's there's been a there's been a breakthrough. You you, you know Marvel broke through with the Avengers. I've told you, conventional wisdom said that the Iron Man films, which were doing 300 million, would then combine with the the 150, 160 domestic of both Thor and Cap, and you kind of figured, well, maybe this movie will do like 500, 600 million, not 1.5 billion dollars. It was the Avengers' success just ripped the face off the culture. It it, it completely re-stacked uh, the deck. Guardians of the Galaxy followed Civil War, Age of Ultron, all these billion-dollar franchises. And now DC, they didn't like being surpassed. Warners didn't like being surpassed because it's not a Marvel-DC world. It's a Disney-AT&T world. They're the two biggest dogs. They're always going to be barking at each other. They're always going to be fighting for the same territory. So the idea that, that, that the stress from trying to keep up and the fact that the box office wasn't closing in in the way that they wanted, that Man of Steel is excellent and fantastic as it is, it, it was judged by how hundred the hundreds of millions of dollars that it didn't make in closing the gap to get to the Marvel side of things. And there was some impatience, and whatever happened, Zach threw up his hands, he walked away, he said it wasn't worth dealing with this anymore, and especially with all that was going on in his life, all of the um, the tragedy, it was easy for him to walk away given that apparently from all reports 
and there have been several, and several are multiple sources, Variety, Deadline, Hollywood Reporter, that there was a a, a general, uh, you know, it's it's like uh, it's 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 in Star Wars. I vote for a lack of I vote, I I pledge a vote of no confidence. You know, Warner Brothers had a vote of no confidence in Zach, and he wasn't having any of it, and he walked away. And then we were left to wonder what his vision looked like. And we're in this weird world right now of uh, of these the, the, these these cuts, these uh, you know these these directors. Uh, cuts that, that that we know exist, but we're not allowed to see them. And uh, and 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 I mean, whether it's Lord and Miller's entire Han Solo movie, okay, because that exists, okay. The, the, I asked both of those guys at the 2019 Critics Choice Awards. I, I I pulled aside Lord and Miller, and I said, "Look, look, what um, y- you know." What happened there? What, what? What? How much did you shoot? I, I had met them in 2015. They are super sweet, obviously super creative guys. Everything they've done, Last Man on Earth, uh, uh, 21 Jump Street, all of the stuff, all the TV, all the entertainment that they've done. I, I have just absolutely um, just dug so much, and 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 I knew. I mean, they had been shooting solo for an entire summer. And then with a few weeks left, and that's what they told me. They said, Rob, we had about 10 days left on the schedule. That means 90% of your movie. There's 90% of a solo movie, of a Han Solo movie that they directed. And they have a decidedly different approach to to the actual directing with the camera, the performances. Um, Cast members couldn't come back when the reshoots happened with Ron Howard. The solo movie that was released is a fine movie. It's it's perfectly entertaining, but it is not a Lord and Miller film. They shot an entire film. It was put in the in in the vault, and we may never see it. And 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 see that this kind of thing was becoming prominent. And once one studio does it, let's say once once Disney supersedes you know the authority of the director, and they remove that director and then commit to shooting another movie completely over. That opens the door for confidence in other studios to do the same. It is a, it is a, you know, uh, uh, an imitative business. One guy flexes, then another guy thinks, well, then I can flex. Over on Rogue One, which, I mean, we all saw the Rogue One trailer, and it had completely different footage than stuff that the stuff that, that made its way into our eyeballs. Do I love Rogue One? I do. I love it. I think it's great. I, I, I it is one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Whether it was recent. Or, or in the past of, of the entire Star Wars canon, I love Rogue One. I love it. I, that, that third act is spectacular. But I am telling you right now that when we saw those trailers, from, again, when Jen Erso says, I rebel, I mean, and them running across the beach, I mean, there's completely different scene construction and, and completely different story aspects and motivation, and, and Jen Erso's entire introduction was different. Well, then they brought Tony Gilroy, a very talented writer-director, to come in. And, and we don't know how much he reshot of Rogue One, but he, he, he reshot a lot of it. They were there for months. And it was an extremely um, immersive reshoot that gave us the Rogue One that we saw. I don't know what's going on with the testing of the audiences, with the scores, you know, I've told you in my in my Deadpool podcast, I was present for when for when Deadpool got its ninety-five score, the first one that the highest scored movie in the history of Fox, and they were nervous. They thought the scores were going to be less. Those scores matter. They determine the future of these movies. It, it is the math and and the equations that the studios make their decisions by. That that is data that that they take very seriously. So I'm not sure who screened these movies, if it was just executives, if it was, if it was just a hunch. But, I mean, we've got two Star Wars movies that went under the knife. Those movies, those those that footage is deep in vaults. I have been told they're never coming out, but never's a long time. Give it 20 years. Uh, in, in, in other um, um, uh, other cuts that, that are similar to, 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 to versions of movies, that, that, that we know exist but can't see uh, is Suicide Squad. David Ayer, David Ayer is, is, a, is a great filmmaker and Suicide Squad does not resemble anything uh, that he had shot prior to Suicide Squad. It is not tonally, 
the, the tone, the mix, the movement, the way the picture flows is not consistent with anything he's ever um, done before. It just did not feel like a David Ayer's picture. Apparently, there was massive recuts. You know, they used to call the head of Miramax before he was in jail, um, and, and, and when he ruled Hollywood with an iron fist, Harvey Weinstein was, you know, they called him Harvey Scissorhands because he would buy your movie, finance your movie, and then recut your movie to his satisfaction. So this new age of, you know, recutting David Ayers, whatever he shot on Suicide Squad, recutting Rogue One, you know, Gareth Edwards getting replaced momentarily, briefly by Tony Gilroy, but there's rules and regulations in these unions, so, so the reshoots can't supersede unless it was on Justice League, where apparently there was enough to, to justify where we knew that, that the other director got a huge notice in regards to screenplay direction. And we all knew about it. We all read about it. And, 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 and this is about Zack Snyder's Justice League. But again, it bears mentioning that there is a Lord and Miller solo cut that is deep in a vault. There is a, there is a Gareth Edwards alternate version of Rogue One that we did not see. There is a different cut. David Ayers says it's a different cut. We want that cut. We should have that cut. The success of the Snyder cut should help us get that cut. But I am here to tell you about how magnificent the Snyder cut is. So let me just start by saying right now, at the 18 and a half minute mark. This is a completely different movie. The Snyder Cut, that Zack Snyder's Justice League, this four-hour movie is 100% a different movie. While there are a few, very few familiar pings along the way, they are so dramatically differently presented, directed, executed, edited, scored. It is, it is, it is a completely different experience. The movie opens drastically differently. It opens right out of Batman Superman. We are in the end of Batman Superman as we segue into the beginning of Justice League. And Superman, obviously, the ramifications of him dying is being felt across the world. And what I can what I can do in setting this up as vaguely as possible is that Superman dying sets off a chain reaction that 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 affects worlds other than ours. Sending a signal. Maybe we're not as safe. Maybe we're not as protected anymore. Maybe our with with our giant Kryptonian guardian down. Maybe that gives openings to some bad guys to do some bad stuff. This version of Steppenwolf is night and day from the Steppenwolf we got in the other Justice League movie. He is more imposing. He is more dangerous. He is more lethal. He he, he is just the the, the raw. Um, um, just aggressiveness of this Steppenwolf is felt in every frame. The way he he shifts the weight on his legs and his hips, the way he carries his broad shoulders and his giant arms, that all the razor-bladed sharp um, scales on 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 his um, costume and the way they they shift with the wind and and I mean he is an imposing. And, and 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 in some instances when he growls and screams, he is a terrifying villain. Uh, it necessary to gather his his his, his presence is, requires a Justice League to be formed to go against him. He and his parademons, when they when they arrive, when they when they emerge for the first time, it is it is it is reckless. There is I, several times I was slapping the couch, hitting hitting the pads, kicking my leg up, screaming, yelling, my 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 my. my, my my youngest son was like, "Wow!" I, I think he he thought I looked like him when he was when he watches Attack on Titan. I was having this this movie gasm because uh, look when 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 Steppenwolf first emerges and, and and on Paradise Island to claim one of the mother boxes, and the the Amazons oppose him. It is it is so much more visceral. It is so much more action packed. And look, this movie is rated R. Justice League is an R-rated movie, and it is an R-rated movie for a reason. People get sliced in half. Limbs get cut off. Heads get smashed. There is blood. There is gore. There is uh, just uh, just gruesome R-rated action, like the action that I grew up in with the, the, the Terminator movies, and, and, and Lethal Weapon, and Die Hard, and Predator, um, and Deadpool. It, it is that level of R-rated violence. Um... Wonder Woman has her introduction that is much 
bit more extended than we got in the original. This extended bank sequence, much, much longer, much more detailed, much more uh, immersive. And it is way more violent and way more action-packed. And look, Zack Snyder's signature is action. He is, his entire signature is in the way that he depicts action. That, 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 that's really, I mean, for me, what put him on the map. Dawn of the Dead, even the action of the zombies, it was so unique. But with 300, he, 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 he created this certain style of action choreography, the, the, the slow, the, the, the speed up, the slow down, the, uh, j- just, just amazing, amazing direction. That is the way the action is throughout all of this, whether, whether Aquaman is battling in Atlantis to fend off the invaders or, or, or the Amazons are uniting in a much more aggressive manner to save their mother box. There, there are just scenes upon scenes where, where it's just super flex. Look, I've covered this before because I've talked about the kind of comic books that I like and the kind of comic books that I create and how the comic books that I create are so different than the ones that were created for the last 10, 15 years, which were so talking head-oriented and discussion-oriented and all these guys who wanted to be the next Aaron Sorkin or the next, you know, Tarantino. But but when I, what I would hearken back to is my youth watching my favorite show, The Six Million Dollar Man. What does The Six Million Dollar Man have to do with the Snyder Cut? You're going to find out. Five seasons of the Six Million Dollar Man, over a hundred episodes, and and uh, and look, very successful for ABC. So successful that obviously they got a, a spinoff, The Bionic Woman, went for you know three seasons. They combined, they united. The action scenes were always the signature. When you meet kids my age, the, the people who are kids at that in, in at, at that era, and they talk about the action, and and they and they talk about um, just just all the the different fights. In Six Million Dollar Man, well, there's a documentary that comes along with it. My Time Life, you know, six DVD set that covers the, the original pilot films, the five seasons, and then the additional movies they did afterwards. And they interview the man who played Oscar Goldman. So I'm, I'm I've called back to this in 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 in, re, in in podcasts, you know, a few months back. But it it is worth remind reminding because it really it really uh, uh, spoke to me because when I went on the New Mutants. I jammed up the action. I jammed up the weaponry, the aggressiveness, the action choreography, um, the pacing, and and I, and 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 Oscar, the Richard Anderson who played Oscar Goldman would say, "We were a macho show. I mean, come on, man. That's that's, that's what set us apart. We, we we were a macho. We were a macho show. Okay, listen, Zack Snyder is doing macho shit." He is giving you a macho movie. There is macho masculine aggression, okay? That doesn't mean that that there's not a feminine touch and a deft uh, artsy touch because he brings that too. But when, 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 what I'm trying to say is when Zack Snyder's characters throw punches and they hit you, you feel them. You are racked. It is, it, you, you feel like bones are shattered. And that is the kind of just macho. That is, that is that is pervasive throughout the Snyder Cut. This movie looks great. It is shot beautifully. I, I, there are several hero moments: the Aquaman, Batman, Wonder Woman. These shots. These these. Zach loves his low angle, his worm's eye view, severe upshot, where where you're getting just the most dramatic view of these characters, and he lights them so you know. Uh, it's, sometimes it's just they're cascaded in shadows. Other times they've got some great rim lighting coming across them from a very definitive light source. Sometimes, you know, the, the sun is shining on them from the left. Sometimes they're blocking out the sun and that's casting that deep shadow. These are amazing, amazing shots. The action, Wonder Woman is 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 just... This... This is the action that I wanted from Wonder Woman 84. It's more visceral. It's, it's, it has more stakes. You feel the stakes in this movie. Not only is it shot so beautifully and aggressively and 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 uh, has has all of Zach's trademark action cues, but I mean, he's doing, like I said, he's, he's picking angles I haven't seen from him before, but when these characters, when Aquaman and Steppenwolf are throwing blows in the water, in the depths of the ocean, you feel the, the extra pump they have to put into it when it connects, but it's awesome. I love this stuff. I just loved it. I could not get enough of it. So who benefits the most from this extended four hours? I'll tell you right off the bat, it's a no-brainer. 
Ray Fisher, you see like how this guy held it together while so much of what he did, the work that he did in this original was left on the cutting room floor as they abandoned his character, his motivations, the richness uh, of the nuance that he brought to Cyborg as Vic Stone. Um, he gets a much more expanded role in this and, and deservedly so. And he's great. He does a great job. His backstory is built out even further. The, 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 the resentment he has against his father, the, the, the relationship he had with, with his mom, the life he had before, it's all much more richly composed and laid out. Um, Vic Stone is a rich character. Uh, his reluctance is, is, is conveyed much more so. Um, you know, it, it's just a, a really meatier storyline for him. Obviously, Ezra Miller as Barry Allen as Flash gets increased screen time. Both Ray Fisher, Ezra Miller just completely benefit from the expanded version of Zack Snyder's four-hour Justice League opus. Um, they, they get much more screen time, much more motivation, much more characterization. They are richer as a result. Ezra Miller is great alongside everyone as the wisecracker. And again, Vic Stone's kind of brooding kind of anger and fury is, is, is mined much deeper. His chemistry with everyone is great. These, this is just a hell of a cast. And I'm telling you, Zack Snyder shoots everybody the best they've ever been shot. Ben Affleck has never looked more handsome. This is when Ben Affleck took this role, got in ripped shape. Um, I'm just as fit as he's ever been. He's got a little bit of that gray, a little bit of that middle age, but he is chiseled. He is handsome. The camera loves him. Zach loves to shoot him at three-quarter angles. He, he, he has such great presence. He is one of the best. He is the best Bruce Wayne. And on, honestly... In that Batman costume, my favorite Batman I've ever seen. Again, he's got the girth, the thickness. As I'm telling you this, I am looking at three different Batman statues on my table. Um, they are all based on Frank Miller's artwork. They've got the thickness that Frank Miller brought to the Dark Knight in 1986. The, the, the extra girth, the extra weight. And that is what Ben embodies. He looks like the Frank Miller Batman come to life. His Bruce Wayne is fantastic. Jeremy Irons as Alfred is that they have such a great play off each other. Um, I, I still love the, I mean, it's, it's, it was in the original, it's in this, what's your superpower? And Bruce Wayne says, I'm rich. It still plays great. He's great. His chemistry with Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa is off the charts. The Momoa scenes are much different than the ones that we got. This is the stuff we were promised in the original trailers and Momoa. Oh my gosh. You just, this is the best he's been. I prefer him in the Snyder cut. Even over the Aquaman. I know Aquaman made a billion dollars. It connected with a worldwide audience. It knocked it out of the park. It is nothing but a clean, uh, uh, pure, amazing success story. But I just love him. He is more edgy and 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 a little, just, just has that, that extra Snyder tinge. Um, he's, he's got that snarl, that feralness in, in this movie. And he plays wonderfully in every scene with Affleck. And then we get a much more competitive... Uh, relationship established as between Momoa and between Diana Prince Wonder Woman they talk about the relationship that has the Atlanteans and the and 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 the uh, the the Amazons have the uneasy alliance they've shared over their history and so that gives them some some new um new material and, and new new bounce to their conversations and, and their and their chemistry. I loved Affleck, Godot, and Mo, Momoa together, separately. Um, when they're paired, they're, they're just fantastic. And again, Zach shoots everybody. Momoa has never looked better. Uh, Affleck has never looked better. Godot has never looked better. And I prefer her and the way her action is portrayed here than anything she did in Wonder Woman 84. It, it's, it's fantastic. Again, all the heroes look great. He understands that hero shot that 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 particular dramatic shot that he likes to to depict them as and, and, and it takes your breath away that these are comic book films this entire movie is the dc universe roaring to life dc universe is about gods and titans much more so than than all of the experimental creatures in the marvel universe which i love i love marvel okay and they have always been a more grounded universe by virtue by the design that they were, you know, much like Barry Allen had chemical spill on him in the, or his original, you know, origin when I was growing up and got the, the super speed. And now we've pivoted to speed force and, and, and accessing all that energy. I get that. But that's not how it was in the beginning. But, all, you know, Spider-Man bit by a, 
by a spider, uh, a radioactive spider, Bruce Banner in the gamma rays out in the desert testing field for 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 the for the bombs. Um, the, the Fantastic Four fly a, a rocket through through cosmic rays. You know, again, all of these characters, uh, Captain America submits himself to a serum. So much of it is experimental in nature. DC is the universe of gods and titans, powerful aliens, powerful gods. Um, there's a scene when Steppenwolf and, and Wonder Woman are going at it, and he's like, the power of the old god curses through your blood, um, runs deep in your blood to Wonder Woman. It's a great line because he can't believe that she can stand toe-to-toe with his entire fury. He took out countless amounts of Amazons, okay? And, and, and so when he finally is standing with Wonder Woman, who will not be felled by him, when he says that, you know, the blood of the old gods, you know, uh, run curses through you. Oh, it, it's, it's great. Um, um, he, it just, the, the, this is the, the, the universe of gods and titans, of, of you know, Arthur Curry, who's, who's half, you know, Atlantean lord and half human and uh and and just uh you know the son of Krypton the the Amazon you know daughter of the gods I mean I mean and now you've got this this mad god from apocalypse and all of the Kirby fourth world grandeur I am the biggest fourth world nut and to see Darkseid just brought to spectacular life. I love him. I love the way he is depicted. Zach has a style. Just like I have a style and Todd McFarlane has a style and John Byrne has a style and we all have these different artistic styles. Zach has a style. His style of Steppenwolf, his style of Darkseid is just a b- breath of fresh air. I love how how powerful and and craggly and angular Darkseid is. Um, it, it, he really cuts a great figure and he's imposing and he's big and and I love there's there's times when his eyes are firing out like they're they're just bulging with energy and uh and and, and to see him and and to see Desaad and Steppenwolf and the Parademons it is an absolute thrill I am such a Jack Kirby nut and to see as many of these Parademons as are, as are assembled much more so than the other um the other cut the, the kind of the phony Justice League. It's called the fake Justice League movie. This is the real one. And this flexes with all its Kirby. I mean, you got mother boxes, dark dark side, you got Decide, you got you got the you got the the uh apocalypse, you have the parademons. I mean this thing is a Jack Kirby flex machine. The scene when 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 the good when the good uh, uh Diana Prince tells Bruce Wayne recounts the story. Of, of 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 the the early um, the early battles uh, 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 when mankind first united Atlantean Amazonian uh, gods Zeus his son the the the, the, the gods um, and 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 the Amazons as well as the Green Lantern and when they unite to drive back Darkseid th- that is just way bigger way more satisfying way more visceral, exciting, thrilling than the, the fake Justice League movie. I, 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 that is one of my favorite scenes. It plays like the um, recaps in the Peter Jackson uh, Lord of the Rings movies, except it plays bigger and more ex- exciting. And, 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 and it's, just, it's, just, it's just such a thrill to watch that unfold. When, uh, I mean, it, it is so much more superior. And uh, I just loved it. I, I thought there there were action beats, and 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 kind of twists that I'm not going to give away here. But I I was so thrilled I cannot wait to watch it again and again and again and again. The uh, so so that recap is, is, is fantastic. I cannot again just underscore how much I dug Steppenwolf. Uh, again, he is impacting great violence throughout the movie. This movie is violent. It's very violent. It's four hours of repetitive violence. That, that, that when these characters fight, defend themselves, have conflict, again, there's cuts, there's slicing, there's there's people who are severed. It is awesome. It, I, you, you're, you're not going to want to go back. The action choreography that we've seen up to date, I love the visceralness that, that we get in Justice League. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you, there is also, because Zach is so talented a director, it's not just an action fest. There are s- very subtle, nuanced, uh, I'd say an art film, art house film aesthetic 
that, that applies to Diane Lane, to Amy Adams, at times to Jason Momoa and his sorrow and his, his struggle. Um, that, that, that Zach loves to slow things down. He gives things uh, uh, an extra artistic expression that, that invokes you know these more emotional beats. And I love it. And I love the music and the singing. And, 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 and I mean, they're, they're, again... The, 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 when Batman first meets Aquaman and, and, and they and they part after their encounter, it is way different and way more moving. And and you'll see why. And does it involve singing? It does. Uh, <laughs> so um, it, it, I just, the, 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 it's not just a giant, you know, blast fest. Although that's why we go see these movies. We go see them to watch our comic books come to life. When I watched the Hulk as a kid, Lou Ferrigno, I watched. I waited for him to Hulk out. I wanted my comic books to come to life. When I would get really excited because the early, you know, sixty issues of Walking Dead are my absolute favorites. It's 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 my it's my favorite period of the book. So when all of those characters came to life on the AMC Walking Dead show, when Michonne first showed up, from from the pages that I loved her on. To now embodied in, in in you know, in 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 you know in three D in full in 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 three dimensions in real life, I was thrilled. Oh my gosh, look how great Michonne is in real life, and I loved her on the page. And now I'm seeing her walk off the page and and as as a flesh and blood, um, you know you know role, and 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 and, and I loved it. Uh, I love watching my comic books come to life. Justice League is a comic book come to life. It is the DC universe roaring to life. It's the fourth world. It's Kirby. It's Batman. It's Cyborg. Atlantis. Amazons. Oh, all, there are some great extra stuff with with uh, with Wonder Woman, with Diana that I really enjoyed. I think she, I mean, Gal Gadot holds the screen like, like no other. And I am telling you once again, reinforcing, Zack Snyder shoots people better than they've ever looked before. Or since, and that is no secret here. I really believe Moa has never been better than in Justice League. Wonder Woman has never looked better than in Justice League. Ben Affleck is amazing as Batman, which leads me to this. Again, I love watching my comic books come to life, but there is subtlety. There is um, there's some beautiful scenes with Amy Adams and Diane Lane. Again, there's some really resonant stuff with Vic Stone. Um, there's there's some really quirky, fun stuff. With, with with Ezra Miller. And obviously Batman is kind of driving the entire thing because he gathers the Justice League. He's going to fulfill his promise to the fallen son of Krypton. When Cavill comes back, I cannot, again, Man of Steel is my favorite, you know, Zack Snyder film. And Superman is one of my favorite, if not my favorite superhero. He's easily, so Superman is my favorite DC Comics hero, period. Full stop. So when Cavill reemerges and you know he's coming that's not a spoiler it is magnificent and 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 i it's seeing the man who cast him and put cavill into the role return it reunited in this way and the way it plays out and you know some of the stuff that's coming i do not want to get into spoilers but watching cavill reemerge under zach's lens through zach's lens is is just it was a thrill no one gives superman more glory and grandeur than Zach, in 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 my opinion, in my humble opinion. I uh, but 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 all of the beautiful character moments just underscore, along with all of the great grandeur scale epic. This is a Lord of the Rings superhero movie. It is big. It is epic. It has scale. It has grandeur. It has it it it, it is glorious. It is elegant. Okay. It is everything I would ever want out of a comic book film. It is one of the top comic book films I have ever experienced and witnessed. And here's the deal. Right now, I would give all the keys over to Zack Snyder. I I know he said he's done. If I'm AT&T, if I'm Warner Brothers, if I'm DC Entertainment, whichever entity makes that call, you engage with him. You say, we will give you the keys. We will give you full access to a a Snyder cut, a, a Snyder world universe, a Snyder portal where you can just keep making this universe of films that, that you can continue to to manufacture your vision 
to, and, and maybe bring some other talented filmmakers in. Again, you guys, Snyder cast Jason Momoa, which gave us this billion-dollar Aquaman movie. Snyder cast Gal Gadot. Okay, these castings, again, if, the, if, if we don't buy the characters and the actors and, and, and their presence and them embodying this role, Gal Gadot, I knew her from some cute little bits um, in Fast and the Furious. When he cast her as Wonder Woman and gave her that stage, and Gal has, two weeks ago, she showed the very first screen test shot, and she talked about how she had no idea. She was reluctant to even make the time to come do it because she had to travel a great distance, and yet that casting changed her life it changed our life it, cha it changed zach it changed zach's life it changed the depiction depiction of wonder woman zach has already built out so much of this dc universe continue throw whatever you can at him whatever guarantees whatever respect because that matters damn it give him the respect he deserves give him the money give him the bankroll to make more snyder films more snyder universe characters stories let him produce, let him direct. Uh, you know, obviously he, he probably doesn't want to be, you know, just doing DC DC superhero films for the rest of his life. So let him come and go as a director, give him complete producerial reign, but let's keep this Snyder world, Snyderverse going. Give him that portal to fill it up with his vision of these characters down to the, the, the crossover with the Jared Leto Joker which, which you know, because obviously Ben Affleck was Batman in that brief Suicide Squad segment. Just Zach has been so important in building out a very successful wing of the DC Universe. And now that the second guessing is done, and now that they let unleashed him and let all those canisters of film uh, be completed, polished, final FX, and now we've got this four-hour masterpiece Justice League that people are going to flock to and watch it again and again and again and again and I will and I'm going to, uh, to again I'm going to watch it every single day for the next several days at least give the keys to Zack Snyder give him the keys and, and if you don't want to give him the big DC car then give him a giant DC 18 wheeler give him some giant vehicle of his own that he can inhabit he deserves it he has given us nothing but just some of the best comic book entertainment let him continue. Do whatever you can. That is my, I implore DC Comics to give Zach more. I implore DC to give Zach more. The the, the thing is, and, and this is where we're going to spend the last part of our time because you got to see Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's great. I was thrilled by it. I was slapping the couch. I was yelling. I was, I, I, I had so much fun. This movie moves great. It, it, I would have watched a fifth hour. If you're going to complain about four hours, then screw you, man. You, 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 you can sit there and you can watch all of Cobra Kai in a day, but somehow four hours of magnificent comic book storytelling, superhero story action is not enough for you. Get out of here with that. I would have watched five hours, six hours of this thing. Four hours wasn't enough for me. That's why I want more. The Snyder Cut came about through social media because the fans... Uh, who knew that there was more wouldn't just go away. They wouldn't just walk away. They wouldn't just, um, you know, just they wouldn't just take a, sit, a seat. They wouldn't sit down. They stood up. They rallied. They they cheered. You know, I I I, I cannot find fault at all with a fan base that supports something they adore and something they love. And they love Zach's work. We love Zach's work. We adore his. His efforts. We wanted to see what he really intended, what he really shot, what he really set out to create. Now, without the second guessing, without the the, the sniping and and the spies that are sent to report back, and how it's not adhering enough to Marvel and put more jokes in it. No. This guy is adored and beloved, and his work has been consumed by millions, and they would not be deterred. They would not go stand in the corner. They would not. Um, be excused. They stood up and they were loud and they were raucous and they made as much noise as they possibly could. And whatever criticism you have of them, they would not let this go for a reason because they wanted very much so to bring it to life. And they refused to be deterred. They continued to chant. They made shirts. They made a hashtag. They made multiple hashtags. We jumped on it. We signal boosted all of us together a giant effort i grabbed the shirt i wore the shirt i showed the shirt i put it on my social media you know restore the snyder cut give us the snyder cut um 
you know, support the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut. It was all about just constant support. The, the, I know how important that is because in the in, in the time period from 2009 to 20 to 2014 before they greenlit the damn Deadpool movie like they did in the summer of 2014, setting it up to be shot in 2015 and released in 2016, that five, six-year period, I'd go to the conventions and Deadpool was such a great visual. And you, you went from five Deadpool cosplay players. There's no movies. Again, it's just the comics and the toys and all the stuff that has generated Deadpool. And yes, I'm comparing this to Deadpool because I believe there's some there's some shared ground. We didn't have the advancements that, that, that the Snyder fans did in creating the hashtags and all of the effort. But I know what it means when you go to New York Comic Con and there's 30 Deadpool. There's an army of Deadpool and the Deadpools that take the floor. They take Artist Alley. They take the retail floor. They take the hallways and they get in line and, and, and they chant. And, and, and they make noise and they draw attention to themselves and all of these red and black costumes. A few, you know, maybe one has a tutu, maybe one's in a shower curtain, but they're all Deadpool. They've got the bell, they've got the, the holster, they've got the gun, they've got the knife, they've got the katanas, they got the straps. It's red, it's black, it's Deadpool and they're parading around and they're, they're, they're chanting and they're cheering and they are doing their very damn best to draw attention to Deadpool. And I would tell each one of those cosplayers, thank you for th dressing up like De Deadpool. Thank you for taking the floor. Thank you for chanting his name. Thank you for dancing, all 30 of you, through the aisles of San Diego Comic-Con and drawing attention. And people take pictures and they load them up and they see this. And the studio saw this Deadpool movement as a thing. But it was nowhere near as organized, nowhere near as, uh, as raucous and as enthusiastic as release the Snyder Cut that movement was. And this is a testament to fans who would not be told by bloggers and 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 uh by, by internet personalities that, that this that 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 there there was no Snyder Cut, that they were stupid. I was told. I was told to stop. People I knew said, Rob, why are you tracking? Why why are you trafficking in that misinformation? Why are you allowing? Because because they thought they thought I had a bigger platform. Why are you allowing this this fallacy to, to to get traction and i'm like i believe it i believe it's there i believe zach i believe there is a snyder cut and and, and it was was untold hundreds of thousands of these fans millions worldwide that that hashtagged it they showed up they they, they made their love for this known and they willed this it, it, it to the point where the executives could not ignore it. And again, they looked and said, what if all these people actually showed up? They were made to know the error of their ways and that, and that there would be a positive response if they got behind this and they gave us just what we wanted. If you've got it and it can be finished and there's a budget to finish it, you know, obviously they did. I've read it was 70 million to complete the four hours. I think that's going to pay off in one weekend for them. The dividends will will yield continuously now to the end of time as this thing continues to play and play and play and they can continue to, to, to release it in different formats when it's safe for all of us to go back to theaters, get that IMAX ratio out there. The Snyder Cut is the most effective fan movement I have ever seen. I have been in the comic book business for 34 years. I have never seen anything like it. It was a coordinated uh, fan army that would not be told no. They would not go sit down. They stood up. They cheered. They were loud. If you thought that was obnoxious, well, it, it was obnoxious to the point that it got this four-hour movie made and released, and we have it now, and I've watched it, and I'm going to watch it again when this podcast is done. But I wanted to simply get on the air today and tell you that I loved Zack Snyder's Justice League. I love that it was willed into being. I love that Zack gets to show us the work, the fruits of his labor, of his directorial vision. I believe he is a visionary. I believe he has got tremendous style to spare. Amy Adams, Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck, Jason Momoa, Gal Gadot, uh, all the other names, the, 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 the wonderful actor that plays you know, Jim Gordon, uh, Diane Lane, he these are huge, talented, some of the most talented actors and actresses, or just actors in Hollywood, and they all are deftly directed, and 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 and, and uh, 
get, you know, moving through his vision of how this world would be. He is so talented and I love, I will always love how the fans stood up for him and, and they demanded that his true vision be shown to us, that his work be restored and we are now experiencing it and the age of the Zack Snyder cut is here. It's on us. When it comes on on Thursday and you get a chance, watch it. You're going to enjoy it. It's action-packed. It's a comic book just sprung to life. My son, Chase Liefeld, wandered through the house, saw what was happening, saw the first 15 minutes, plopped down in the couch next to me and stayed there for three hours. He, I, I kept checking. This is not the normal kind of thing that it, he's engaged with. My son, Luke, my oldest, is in Texas. We, He was talking about how he can't wait to watch it. He is a, a, just a default fan of this. Chase is not. His interests are elsewhere. He likes manga and anime. And he plopped down and he could not take his eyes off our screen. And he watched it with me for three plus hours, okay? Snyder Cut is great. The movement is great. The performances are great. The action is great. The story is great. It is a comic book. that It's the DC Universe I've said it three times now, maybe four, roaring to life. I loved it. Give Zack Snyder more. Do whatever you can. Bring him to the table. He's obviously wounded, hurt. Who knows all of the kind of animosity that was created in this crazy time where he had tragedy fall on him and then the undercutting, the second guessing of a studio that was running to catch up with Marvel and was dissatisfied with its placement and, and, and dissatisfied with its performance and started taking it out on talented female talented directors such as Zach, again, whose vision brought you giant Wonder Woman solo films, Aquaman films. Of course, they were directed by others, but he is the producer. He is the guy that put those role, those those actors in those roles. He made, you know, an island. He, he made Aquaman an island guy. I mean, it was, it, it, it was a great, great, uh, uh, diverse casting. Momoa is fantastic. I can't even consider Aquaman not being Jason Momoa anymore. And Gal Gadot Wonder Woman. Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck. Let's get some more out of this. Give yourselves a hand. Snyder Cut. All of the fans, myself included. I was there. I've been there. I hit that retweet button. Um, again and again and again. Just like you. Just like you. We were brothers in arms. Brothers and sisters in arms. Lockstep. And, uh, and, and, and this... This is now the fruits of, of the labor, the voice, the voice caught, the voice mattered. It traveled, and we got this kick-ass Snyder Cut as a result. I'm so thrilled. I can't wait for you to watch it. Um, get ready. You're going to have the time of your life. It's, it's, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. This, this, this is, it's late. I'm going to sign off. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to watch more. I'm going to watch Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League one more time. Catch me on social media. Thank you for hanging out with me. Spread the word. I am on social media at Robert Liefeld on Twitter. Twitter at Robert Liefeld. On Instagram, I am at Rob Liefeld. Okay? Both have the blue check so you know it's really me, not some imposter. I'm all over Facebook. I'm all over social media. I love talking and hanging out with you guys, interchanging ideas, reading your tweets, commenting back to you guys. Come at me. Talk to me. I love hanging out with you. I love sharing this space and this time. Please tell your friends about Rob's observations. Spread the word. Subscribe. Recommend. I appreciate it so much. This has been the best therapy I have ever, ever subscribed to. Um, again, you guys, have fun watching the Snyder Cut. Please uh, take care of yourselves. Above all things, stay safe. And we will talk again real soon. 